Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You are the best person to train your dog. You. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You are the best person to train your dog. And in today's episode, I'm going to give you three reasons as to why that is. Thank you guys for jumping on. Thank you for listening to me today. Of course, I am your host, Michael Aceta, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, founder of Matador Canine Brilliance, and the host of the Acknowledge Dogs podcast. We are talking about why you are the best person to train your dog today. If you don't believe me, just hang in there. Okay, I'm going to go over three very key components to a dog's success and how you already fulfill those needs. Okay, I'm also going to give you a couple of tips and pointers throughout today's episode, and I'm going to mention later on in a little more depth about a free download that's in the description. If you just want to pause and go check it out right now, you can do that, but I will be talking about it a little bit later. So rule number one, or the first key component, right? I'm going to talk about three today, but the first one is a level of consistency. You are the best person to train your dog because they're your dog. You have access to them 24-7. Granted, you might go to work, sleeping, those kind of things in there. But breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? breakfast and dinner at least if you work an eight-hour day, you can train your dog every single day. If you stay on a schedule, you have it built into your habit, it's a consistent practice. Now, this is different than if you were to send your dog to a boarding train or to send your dog to uh, you know, a class where you go to a class once or twice a week. Yes, those are great things. And you're going to be working with your dog in a class, that's once a week. And if the trainer is going to be working with your dog in that setting, like I've seen a lot on social media, where people go to class with their dog, but they're not the one training the dog. The trainer trains the dog in front of the owner and then hands off the leash and expects them to do it at home. That's not how it works, right? You need to know what you need to be doing. Granted, you don't need to have the level of skill that a professional trainer has, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you could be an amateur trainer and still get amazing results compared to a professional. Now, I don't want you to think I'm calling you an amateur. Amateur is simply someone who does not do it to get paid as a profession, right? I'm an amateur juggler. I love juggling. I'm actually pretty good at it, but I would not consider myself a professional juggler. I still drop things, right? I can't get the, the perfect spins if I'm using clubs, but I can juggle clubs, right? So there's that, that the different levels. I don't want you to think I'm bashing you by saying you're an amateur trainer. You might be a very good amateur trainer, above average, almost at that cusp of professional, but you will not have the experience, the hands-on experience, the expertise, the small nuances that a professional trainer has. It's just not possible at an amateur level. As a professional level, absolutely. And if you're competing all the time with your dog, you can get up there. But my point is, you have to train your dog in order to get good at it. And because you have 24-7 access to your dog, you can practice all the time. Think about someone who's strongly committed to working out. The Rock, right? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He goes to the gym every single day. I think he even goes multiple times a day, two, three times a day. 
which is insane. It's insane. Some of us don't even go once a day. But he has such a strong connection with working out, feeling good, building himself up, that in fact, instead of going to the gym, he brought the gym to his house. Now that's kind of common. Okay, I'm going to have the gym in my house. I'm going to work from home. Sure. However, Dwayne The Rock Johnson takes it another step further, and he brings the gym with him. I believe he has, I forget what he calls it, but it's a trailer that he has that is in charge of just bringing his gym equipment with him to wherever he's going. If he's going to go film a movie in Australia, he's going to go to the movie, the, the location in Australia, and he's going to film it there, or he's going to work out there. So he, he actually has such a strong connection to it, he's going to bring it with him. Imagine you did that with your dog. Imagine you brought your dog with you when you went somewhere, how much better they would behave in those environments. You have the access to do that, the 24-7 access to your dog. You can do it all the time. You can do it every single day. You can do it multiple times a day. You can bring them with you, right? Ask your boss at the office, hey, can I just bring my dog with me? I promise they'll be well-behaved. Now that puts some emphasis on you, make sure they are well-behaved. I love offices that allow dogs. When I move out of my home office here and I have a giant facility, which will happen eventually, it's going to clearly be a dog-centered facility, but people will be allowed to bring their dogs to work with them and they can hang out underneath the desk and do whatever. So having that 24-7 access, that consistency with your dog is imperative to their success. If you only ever work with your dog once a week on Saturday and Sunday, you're a weekend trainer, you're not going to see the results. You're not going to get what you want. You are the best person to train your dog. I am 100% confident in that fact. You are the best person to train your dog, even if I don't even talk about the other two, which I will in a minute. The, the consistency is so huge. Imagine paying somebody to come to your house, a professional trainer, come to your house every single day. How much is that going to cost you? Probably a couple thousand dollars. For the entire length of the dog's training, they're going to come to your house every single day. It's a lot. Now, if you were to look at it from the standpoint of, well, I'm going to pay myself thousands of dollars by having a really well-behaved dog, which would you rather do? Would you rather pay someone else to come to your house and have that level of consistency that is important, that will get you results, regardless of the training style, but will get you results? That level of consistency is important. Are you going to pay someone to come do that? Or can you do it? Save yourself some money, maybe even pay yourself in the long term. Maybe not monetarily, but success-wise. Okay, so I think we've gotten that down. You guys get it. 24-7 access to your dog. There's a level of consistency there. Number two is trust and relationship. This really goes for dogs that are nervous or anxious. They're a little, you know, they're nervous. They're, they're high strung, if you will. The level of trust and relationship you have with your dog is going to help them progress faster through the training process. If you don't have that relationship, First, you have to build the relationship, and then you can start working with your dog. This is why I think board and trains fail most of the time. If they don't fail, they're very limited by what you should get out of it. Send your dog off somewhere, a couple thousand dollars. You send your dog off somewhere. The trainer's going to have to first build a relationship with the dog. Now, some dogs have a relationship with everybody right away. Some dogs don't. If your dog doesn't, they have to build that relationship first before they start trying to teach anything. You can't learn if the relationship isn't there, if the engagement isn't there, if the interest isn't there. I remember being in high school, middle school, elementary school, 
And the teachers that were engaging, exciting, that I had a relationship, I learned so much better from. The teachers that did not care to get to know me and I did not care to get to know them, I suffered a lot. One of my favorite teachers who I hope is watching this at some point, I hope this gets back to him because I I lost contact with him since I graduated high school. His name is Kenneth Frank, wonderful teacher, wonderful, wonderful teacher. He cared more about the students than anything else. I think he now works at Apple where he was at least offered offered a job at Apple. His wife, uh, I'm going on a tangent here, but his wife ended up winning Jeopardy a couple of times. Anyway, Kenneth Frank, if you're listening to this, please reach out to me. I'd love to chat up and, and see what you're up to. But wonderful teacher. And he showed an interest in all of his students and not just in their learning, but their lives. He wanted to know what was going on. You know, if, if your grade started to slipping, he wanted to know maybe something was going on at home. Wonderful, wonderful teacher. And he showed me the excitement of reading and how good it could be. And I actually started reading more from there. I ended up reading the Hunger Games. I ended up reading all of the Harry Potters. And I grew up with dyslexia. So I, I didn't have I didn't have this desire to read. I hated reading up until I found someone who showed a real interest in me and showed me the joy of reading. World, world of a difference for me. It completely changed the game and how I learn and how I've developed and how I think. Because I had a relationship with him, I was able to be open to the style of learning about reading. Same thing goes with your dog. If they're not open, if they don't have a good relationship, they're going to be combative. They're going to shut down. They're going to try to hide. They're going to do everything they can to avoid opening up their mind. Not intentionally. This isn't malicious. This isn't spiteful. It's just a, a nature, nature's gift, if you will, of protecting them from things that they are uncertain about. Your dog's uncertain, they're going to be guarded. If they're certain, if they're happy, if they're excited, then they're going to let things in. Okay, number three. Now, I said I was going to talk about the free gift. It's down in the description. If you did not click on it yet, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's resolving complicated bad habits without having to use punishment. And that's basically what number three is. You have the internet. You have access to a mirage of dog training information. And that's exactly what that PDF guide is about. It's about resolving bad habits, but it's information. It's supposed to guide you through the process. Now, it's 100% free, by the way. It's a short little 10-page packet, uh, 10 page packet, but it is packed with information. So take advantage of it. And this is what you should do with everything on the internet. You watching this video is taking advantage, right? You watching any dog trainer on social media is taking advantage of the good pieces of information that you can't get just walking through your neighborhood. As a dog owner in the 21st century, you have access to something that no one else has had up until this point, right? If if your friends didn't know something, that was it, you you didn't know it, right? If your parents didn't know something, that's it, you didn't know it. If you didn't experience it, you didn't know how to solve it. With the internet, you can experience things through other people, through me, through another trainer that you follow, whoever it is, you can experience their life and their mistakes, and their learnings, and their journeys, and you can apply it to your own thing. That's one of the reasons I wrote the dog training cheat codes, because I felt that some things that I've learned throughout my years had been left out. I've read a lot of dog training books, but there were some things that had been left out, and that's why I wrote that book. I wrote, there's specifically things in there that don't get mentioned anywhere else. They just don't. So I wanted to find a book. I couldn't, so I wrote one. 
I wrote a book about the things that I couldn't find in other books and I had to figure out the hard way. I think that's how everybody progresses forward. And that's something that you should be interested in if you're trying to train your dog. There's online courses. Matador Canine sells them, but other course creators sell them as well. There's online courses. There's PDF documents like the one in the description below. There's free YouTube content. There's social media content. There's this, that, and the third. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. You don't know which is which, which is good and which is bad. If you can't discern which is good and which is bad, you're just lost. No matter how much free content is there in the world, you will be lost on what you should be doing. So find a trainer that you trust. If it's me, I am honored. I am flattered. I love that. I hope I never let you down. If it's me, great. If it's not, that's okay. That is okay. But find somebody that you trust, right? Go back to trust. Your dog has to trust somebody and you have to trust somebody to get knowledge and information from them. But take that knowledge and information and then look at it under a microscope. Really dissect everything they've said, right? For me, quick example, fear aggression is the biological purpose of making a fearful thing lessen or go away. Does that make sense to you? If it doesn't, then someone might be able to explain fear aggression better to you. Now that's, for me, that's a definition. The biological purpose of fear aggression is to limit or lessen or make the fearful thing go away. Right? The biological purpose of social aggression is to establish and maintain the hierarchy. Those to me are definitions. They are solid. I am convinced that those are the definitions of those terms. But if they make no sense to you, they mean nothing to you, then it's not going to help you. Positive reinforcement. Right, we talk about positive reinforcement all the time. I'm giving my dog a treat, and then they do the behavior more because they like getting the treat. That explanation might work better for you then positive reinforcement is increasing the likelihood, anything that increases the likelihood of a particular behavior, right? It doesn't have to be a treat. It doesn't have to be a toy. Whatever your dog perceives as a reward is positively reinforcing them. And they increase the likelihood of that behavior happening in the future because of their past experiences of getting rewarded, whatever the reward is. So yeah, I talk a little technical. I like to get into the science of it, and I like to explain it that way so that you have a full understanding because I want you to have a full understanding. And it's simply because I went through education. I have a college degree in animal science. And when I look on YouTube, it is insanely difficult to find somebody who's talking the way I talk about dog training in that deep of science, in that deep of concept and complexity and trying to break it down in an easy to understand analytical format. Right? If, that, if none of that makes sense to you, then find a trainer who does make sense to you. Trust them, take their information and try to apply it to what you do with your dog. But there is so much out there that you have to be careful of what you let in. I heard a, a quote this morning, I was listening to a podcast and the individual was talking about your mindset and what you let into your brain. Yes, you should have an open mind, but it should have a gate. Have an open mind, but put a gate on it. Only let the things in, right? You open up the gate, you let things come in that you like Maybe you check their papers, you check their ID, and then you send them back out if you don't like it. You can have an open mind, and you should, because that's the only way to learn. But you can't take in things that are going to be damaging to you. Think about everybody who's stuck on the concept of alpha theory. It's been disproven. 
the guy who brought it up in the first place has been trying for decades to disprove and show that it's disproven. He disproved it. He, he knows it doesn't, it isn't real. And he's been trying to convince everybody else since. But because people opened up their gate to let it in, then they closed their gate, they can't let anything else in. Alpha theory is in their brain, even though it's not accurate, it's not correct. So find something, find somebody, find a trainer that you like, you trust, you appreciate, and take everything you can from them. And if you find another one, good. Find a couple. But if they start competing with each other, if ideas start to conflict, you're going to get stressed. You're not going to know who to trust. And you're going to be uncertain of what to do with your dog. And your dog is going to pay for it. Right? When I first started out in my training, I was just learning a little bit at a time. And because of that, as patient as my dog was, I was not as good as I am today. Because I didn't have all the resources that we do have today. Right? Dog training as an industry has exploded over the last 10 years. I'm lucky to have been a part of it. But 10 years ago, I was not. <laughs> 10 years ago, I was stuck reading old books that told me old information that didn't help me get to what I wanted to get to today. That was through experience and training thousands and thousands of dogs. You don't have to do that. You now have access to the internet. You now have access to the PDF download below that you can read and understand. Oh, how do I do? How do I do? <laughs> how do I resolve complicated bad habits without having used punishment? right? What cheat codes can help me, right? You can name anything is one of the chapters in this book. You can name anything. What does that mean? It might not mean anything to you. If you had the book, you would read that chapter and you would understand what it means. You can get the book if you're interested. You can get the ebook or the physical copy at matadorcanine.com. I'll put the link down in the description as well. But if you don't want to buy the book and you just want the free resource, take advantage of that. It's in the description below. So what was the three? Do you remember them? Do you remember why you are the best person to train your dog? Number one, you have 24-7 access to your dog. You can train them all the time, every single day. They could be attached to your hip, and you can train them every single day. Number two, trust and relationship. Your dog will learn better. They'll progress faster through the training program that you're doing because they trust you. They have a strong relationship with you. And number three is you have access to all of the information you could possibly want about training your dog. All you have to do is sift through it, open up the gate, let it in, check it out, send it back. If you don't like it, keep it and use it. Add it to your toolbox if you do. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Again, I'm your host, Michael Aceta. I appreciate you taking the time Take advantage of that PDF down below. And if you have questions or comments or concerns, you can ask on social media or you can put it in the comment section of this video and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks again. I'll see you guys next time.